Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. internet analytic here aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i am your hip-hop slash gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in for episode 118 we're going to be switching it up a little bit because just to give you an update let's just say that being under red circle is probably one of the best decisions i've made as a content creator We've went from 8,000 to 9,000 at most as far as weekly downloads on the episode to now with Red Circle, we are surpassing 27,000 downloads for every episode. And I would play the applause, but actually, you know what? I'm going to play the applause. Give me a second. Because this is for y'all. It's not for me. That's why I wasn't going to play. I didn't want to make it like a me thing. Like, I'm not. I'm only one person, you know? <laughs> so, this is definitely just an acknowledgement of the support. And I always like to start off every episode with an update. And let me just say, y'all are definitely supporting in a way that, honestly, I've never seen before. Because even on Anchor, when I used to be... Um, under anchor as a host i never would crack the ten thousand weekly as far as every episode i put up but now on red circle hosting my podcast and us having a pretty good relationship at this point we've surpassed twenty-seven thousand downloads for every episode let me see what else and also we have a total of because i just recently came under red circle as a as using the hosting platform and in two and in, in just two months compared to my whole two-year tenure at anchor we've already surpassed the total for downloads which is two hundred thousand downloads um in, in total so for that to be achieved in such a short amount of time really just it motivates me for one 
to keep doing this because I was going to do it anyway. But like this is just motivation on a, another level, you know, and I just want to acknowledge what y'all are doing to affect the masses because I'm only one person. But at the end of the day, I like to point out to people who support me and actually enjoy listening to these things because I think you can tell when I get into topics, I'm pretty passionate and knowledgeable about things. And I always try to use sources and references so you can look it up on yourself. I don't just be like sources believe just uh <laughs> what's the what's the meme like what's your sources and just made up like i don't like to do that i like to tell you where you can look this stuff up at so for us to surpass the total amount of downloads in just two months in our entire two year tenure at anchor is just it's honestly unbelievable for for me so i'm i'm excited to see where this relationship will go being under red circle and uh yeah so that's where I'll leave it at. So that's the update. Um, I was thinking, was it something else? Hold on, let me play my uh, intro music again. Let me see if I can find that. I need to give me like a Steam Deck <laughs> so I can make it easier. All right. So anyways. Um, yeah, so that's all. That's all I have to say as far as an update. I know you don't probably get these episodes as often as you would hope which goes into my next point my episodes now will be topic heavy so it won't only be four topics that we'll cover in the span of an hour usually that's what i do i stick to four topics kind of like a i'm not going to say first take only does uh four topics but i try to segment my topics in a way that it's like blocks it's like 10 minute 10 to 20 minute blocks so now i'm just going to cover a plethora of topics and how many we get through is how it's just how many we get through like we're just going to go through a lot of topics i'm obviously i'm gonna give some more times uh to other i'm gonna give more time to certain topics compared to others depending on what we're what the subject is but we're going to cover a lot of topics so i think y'all would like this more because one the the topics will be more diverse more people may be inclined to jump in on the topic they know more about and when i'm uploading it can be more of a consistent stream of uploads because people love when i talk about the latest releases of hip-hop and just music in general so i want to take that effect i want to take that stance in the topic realm i want to put out a bunch of topics and see what people gravitate towards so hopefully that makes sense um that's the whole intro for episode 118 so as far as for episode 118 like usually i would say the topics and then tell you uh my little promotion tag but all i'm gonna say is we will be getting into well what's the what's the word the apex the crucible i don't know the the biggest topic we will get to at the end which is drake aka the goat because he is the goat now come on now going on tour and what that all entails because let me tell you <laughs> those ticket prices <laughs> are astronomical to say the least but before that make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up my latest activities if you want to support the show financially click my cash app link located towards the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall also make sure to share this podcast rating the show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses 
And make sure to click that bell icon for post notifications. That's a big thing. I forgot to say that. Some, I forget to say that sometimes. Now, let's get into the show. Tyler, the creator, is back again to announce the deluxe edition for an album that came out in 2021, I believe. I believe it came out 2021 because the only reason I remember that date is I'm pretty sure y'all remember, but one of the most highly publicized beefs I think we've had in hip hop happened throughout the time span of 2021. So yeah, Call Me If You Get Lost came out in 2021. And let me tell you something, the way that Kanye and Drake was was beefing throughout this whole time span made me completely forget, well, made me forget uh, completely forget the impact that this album had because when they started beefing, honestly, you could probably tell that people was gonna have to choose sides, but I had no idea that even the Grammys, which is gonna not pick either album and go with Tyler, the creator. Cause I think a lot of people would have said that Kanye West's Donda album was the best hip hop album of 2021. I would be understanding if you would say, oh, call me if you get lost as top three, but I don't see in any world under any circumstances, Tyler, the creators call me if you get lost being better than Kanye West's Donda. And I'll be interested to hear y'all thoughts about that. But for me, that's the only reason why I know that this album came out in 2021 because the Grammys notoriously chose Tyler the Creator's album for hip hop album of the year instead of choosing Kanye West's Donda because I think Drake at first because you have to uh, submit your music and you have to pay for that as well I don't think people understand like <laughs> the Grammys don't play around they be like uh if you don't want to submit your music we're not going to nominate you so you have to submit your music even if you're Drake or Kanye. So Drake submitted Certified Lover Boy. And then at a certain time span, you can look this up. Drake uh, rescinded his submission for Certified Lover Boy, which is why when the Grammy album candidates are posted up, if you look at an up-to-date posting of it, it won't have Certified Lover Boy because Drake rescinded his um, submission. So Kanye West was just projected to be the the front the front runner to win best rap album of 2021 and then the grammys come and boy do they always surprise us every time it never fails us the grammys is just one of those award shows where they just see something they should obviously do and give something to a, a person that obviously deserves it deserves it even like i'm making this comparison but it's not my bag evenly uh, evenly even Angela Bassett, I think I'm saying her name right, from Wakanda Forever, was supposed to get some type of award at the Oscars, and she was quote-unquote snubbed. Now, I'm not a huge Oscars person, so don't come at me. That's just what I heard. So I'm just comparing that to the Kanye West and the Best Hip Hop Album Award. Like, everybody felt like Donda was the best hip hop album of 2021. And if you're saying otherwise, then I'm thinking either you wasn't listening to hip-hop or hip-hop news around that time or you just didn't know the effects that Kanye and Drake uh the effects that Kanye and Drake beef was uh causing but anyways 
somehow Tyler the Creator came away with that award. But the biggest thing for me is that him dropping a deluxe album for this highly ac uh, highly acclaimed album is a slippery slope. Because what if people? It, it, I think it's more downside to upside with Tyler the Creator because. I know he came out and basically said that she, he had a lot of tracks left off of his album before he put it out, but he feels he still feels like it was serviceable enough to give to the people, if that makes sense. So it's not like tracks he made after the fact. Apparently, these were left off of the final version of the album, which is why now he's going back and giving it to the fans because deluxe editions for me was back when the streaming era was easier to manipulate people will put 40 to 50 tracks on an album shout out to chris brown and heartbreak on a full moon to get that first week sale just more what's the word let's just say exaggerated the, the first week sales were more exaggerated because of the amount of tracks you put on there so the streaming game was was more of a manipulative tool versus an actual uh what's it called litmus scale of who's hot and who's not because if chris brown puts 50 tracks on one album and let's say rod wave puts like six tracks and calls it a whole album or calls it like an ep something like that and the first week sales come up and chris brown's is higher than rod waves everybody's gonna look at that and say that the first week sales uh no everybody's gonna look at those first week sales and they're just gonna say okay Chris Brown is 10 times bigger than Rod Wave simply for the first week sales, which is why it's a very manipulative tool, which which is why you have to dig in deeper and look at the behind the scenes and how many tracks are on the album. And that's why even in today's age, to go back all the way to 2019, I believe, when Travis Scott put out Astroworld, I think it was 2019, and Nicki Minaj put out her Queen album, she basically said that, Travis Scott was putting making uh more uh, had more first week sales because he was selling t-shirts not music in which she had a point but at that point the the streaming tools were being so easily manipulated that nobody believed her like it's kind of like the baseball era it's like when no the steroid era in baseball it's like if everybody came out was like hey this guy's using steroids when everybody else is using steroids you know what i mean so basically the fans was like why not just do the same thing so that's kind of what Nicki minaj was faced with but people understood when um nav at all people came out with an album and had a v-loan uh t-shirt uh attached to it which i think that v-loan t-shirt just leaps and bounds outsold the album that he actually put out which is why billboard and rcaa i think i forget the um certification company but basically they came out and said we're putting a stop to these uh bundles quote unquote and so now they didn't stop bundling with your album but they stopped the last minute oh buy this shirt and it will count as an album sale like no now billboard states that you have to have a certain amount of time where you tell your artists or tell your fans they could buy this specific bundle for it to count as an album sale you can't just do a last minute like people were doing and you have to uh this is the biggest thing you have to have a certain amount of units already made and then sell them because what people were doing was which is what a lot of people do now but still with the music is a little different the people were doing bundles but they didn't make the shirts 
and then sell them they they looked at the number of sales and they had the people make that many so it, i don't know if i'm explaining that right but basically it's, it's a it's a workaround so if people ordered 50 shirts but you made a thousand you can see how that could be a loss but instead of just waiting last minute seeing those 50 sales and then having your person who you plug your your merch connect make 50 uh exactly the the number of merch needed for those people who ordered a bundle so it's kind of different now like you have to make it beforehand which is why taylor swift uh so 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 much like of course she has a humongous fan base but at the same time when you make so much revenue off of merch bundles you have to start announcing them and, and, and making them ahead of time before you actually sell it so uh basically i say all that to, to circle back to the point that Tyler the Creator is back again to follow up on his album and that was released in 2021, Call Me If You Get Lost. And he's giving the deluxe edition set to be released March 31st. And also a quote from Tyler the Creator himself saying, Call Me If You Get Lost was the first album I made with a lot of songs that didn't make the final cut. So he's already telling people that it wasn't, made after the fact this was made this was made during the process so let me get back to the quote some of these songs i really love and i knew they would never see the light of day so i've decided to put a few of them out which makes sense because sometimes artists have so many unreleased tracks that they just end up leaking like shout out to uzi and uh <laughs> playboy cardi so anyways what else was i wanting to cover with that i think that was basically it i wanted to get into bundles and just deluxe editions and uh everything about tyler the creator being one of the more prominent artists in the hip-hop field and not really getting his just due i mean when you think about the top three the way that tyler uh tyler the creator tours and he brings out revenue and sales and matches it with streaming as far as first week sales and uh billboard i think he could be arguably the top five most popular rappers in the game anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about tyler the creator dropping the deluxe edition for call me if you get lost released in march 31st and what do you think this deluxe edition will be fire or trash there's a famous saying that you should be careful for what you wish for because that just might come true now the second time that dj academics did an interview with takashi 69 and he was basically saying that he's walking around or he has been walking around for the past eight months without security and he chose that time to say all of the excuses y'all are using is out the window because I've literally been walking around a free man for the past six months without security and y'all haven't done anything to me. And now, fast forward to March 21st, video has surfaced showing, I don't even know who it is because you know I'm not the police, but let's just say a group of gentlemen putting hands, feet, and elbows on Takashi 69. Now you could interpret it, interpret that as them beating Takashi up, right? Or jumping him, quote unquote. 
But all I'm saying is that this did happen at LA Fitness. So maybe they were just trying to show him a different workout that usually you wouldn't get if you was by yourself. You know, maybe sometimes at the gym, you know, you, you may be struggling with something and then you may, hey, can you can you help me with this? I can't get it up. You know, they have to come over or before that, you could be like, hey, can you spot me? You know, sometimes when you when you're working with weights, you know, it's not a it's not a lot of ways you can maneuver if it's too heavy for you. So you need assistance. So I'm just thinking that when these gentlemen came in to uh, offer Takashi some in-person um, guidance, I felt like they one taught him that words have power and the meat and the power of the tongue. And also they also showed him that being in the gym is is a real um it's serious business you know what i mean like whenever you're in a gym you should probably take it serious about about building up your body in a way that makes it feel that um what's the word i'm trying to use that it's a temple kind of like treating your body as a temple and you're building it from the ground up now, these gentlemen probably just saw that his temple was completely uh, messed up as far as the con construction wise, like construction for for six nines temple was not at the apex that it should have been. So I think these guys just wanted to break him down from the ground level to build up some new core values. And I don't really see anything wrong with that. Sometimes in life, you need to be humbled or take losses so that you can get up and have an even better W, you know? And for these gentlemen to showcase that in person to Takashi 69, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. We gotta clap that up. Hold on, let me make let me make this louder. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta clap it up, man. Like if only we had those OGs in our life to let us know when we should rethink the way we're going about life and they're just doing it in a way that's just so impactful and will really leave a memory a memory that you will never forget that changed your life for the positive hopefully now all jokes aside all right let me put that up for all jokes aside uh takashi 69 is lucky that he's still alive because obviously they're not gonna you know uh kill him on camera so when they was at the gym apparently insider sources quote i just made it up now i'm just joking but anyways you can look this up six nine threw up the um let's just say it was a a diss gang symbol to the guy that he was uh in a verbal spat with and if you ever look at the video of the guy calling in his homies that's the guy who he was throwing up the symbol to to the point where after the guy called his homies, they caught 6ix9ine lacking, of course. I don't know what he was doing in the bathroom after telling that guy, you know, the, the famous 6ix9ine phrase. I know what I'm talking about, you know, and in, inviting people to your private parts. Um, they came back, you know, gave him a, a a nice serviceable lesson, you know what I mean, that he could use today in society for the better. And then after that, uh, he threw up the sign again. And so they just continued to beat him up. So apparently... 6ix9ine was an instigator in this whole altercation, which is why I'm not really covering this in a serious manner, because one, he's still alive. A lot of things have happened to Takashi, which has 
raise concerns about his well-being this is not one of them i mean this man was literally kidnapped by treyway drove driven around like he was drove around like being kidnapped uh while his house was being robbed and the only way he escaped was he hopped out the back and started running and then had a random person pick him up and and drive him to safety like look up the whole takashi uh kidnapped in the car by by treyway this is not just light-hearted incidents that you just get past so takashi has been through way more as far as physical violence contributed to him and for this i mean just a little just a little noble lesson by these uh i don't know how many there were three four gentlemen i don't really think there's anything to to talk about at this point besides the point the besides the fact that the power of the tongue is real and if you're if you're saying things like why is nobody doing th doing anything to me because i'm walk i've been walking around for the past six months without security then you really have to ask yourself how much sympathy can we have for a person in rain with rainbow hair causing all this self-harm so anyways click my link here in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about takashi 69 getting a noble lesson from a few gentlemen and do you think it was justifiable what happened or do you think the guys that he dissed should have just let it go switching gears a little bit tmt tmnt you know can't forget the end you know what i'm saying uh the last ronin will be featuring a spinoff of a comic book story and in the form of a video game so if you don't know during the past it was this novel called the last ronin for teenage mutant ninja turtles for people who didn't know what the abbreviation was for as most people who grew up with the uh ninja turtles will probably know that the more of a family a, a four a four turtle family or however you want to call it and in this video game they're going for more of a heartbreak sense of uh storyline as the last ronin ronin is basically adapting a story where one of the four brothers who remains uh, who remains identified throughout the entire story uh no throughout the entire story no i think they said at the beginning who remains unidentified during the story's introduction aims to avenge the death of his siblings and the story takes place in a battle-worn new uh, new york that has succumbed to the rise of oroku hiroto shredder's grandson okay so it's a it's a very much a uh a what if type storyline if, if anybody is familiar with comics you should know what a what if storyline kind of is but um so for this game it's kind of drawing not kind of the people who was talking about this or the rumors when it came up said that this is drawing heavy inspiration from god of war which if you don't know spoiler alert and god of war ragnarok he uses a bunch of weapons uh he uses his blades of chaos he uses his notable axe that he had in the first god of war 2018 game and he gets a spear which is why i say spoiler alert he gets a spear and then uh that's another weapon i think that's it so basically there's three weapons right there's four weapons and the turtles there's another weapon that kratos uses i believe I mean he uses his hands of course you know he got the he got the hands on deck 
um oh his shield okay i guess it's the fourth weapon uh his shield so he has a spear his blaze of chaos uh hold on give me one second the blaze of chaos one the spear two um everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. the leviathan acts three don't don't ask me how i know the name i'm a nerd and then the fourth is is a shield so that's technically his four weapons right so for this ninja turtle that will forever remain well not forever i haven't read the whole star, uh, story so maybe i should not spoil myself but i kind of want to the way they're making this story sound like avenging the death of your three siblings like teenage mutant ninja turtles is not a type of storyline that i think any of them can die in like it's as a kid watching i never thought to myself whoa is one of them going to actually die like it was never one of those type of scenarios it was always a. Uh, a power ranger-esque type of show like everybody's gonna get home safely and they're gonna beat that beat the bad guy at the end of the day so for this type of storyline to be submerging as far as rumors that's all it is it's all rumors so this could be completely false but it's been so many rumors at this point that i feel like this game is actually coming like the the gaming industry has been talking about this according to reports from a lot of different news outlets that this teenage mutant ninja turtles the last ronin game is on its way that's what a lot of people are saying so the, um the biggest thing is it's a direct inspiration from god of war so the what's the different weapons they use the the bow staff by donnie the the double blade katanas not double but the the, the twin blade katanas by uh, leonardo of course the what's the it's, it's the cat i forget what the the size i forget what um i forget what i forget what Raphael uses is the size i forget what those are called and then the nunchucks by mike and michelangelo those would be the four weapons god of war style so if you ever play god of war you know that this could actually work as far as having a bunch of weapons with its own skill tree i mean god of war has so many skill trees that even the side characters have missions because of how many side uh how many skill trees was applied to them i mean atreus had a whole skill tree um freya had a real had a whole skill tree and i've played both games thoroughly so it's like i understand how the mechanics could work for a game like ninja turtles the last ronin now honestly i don't know if this works for ninja turtles because i feel like the the theme of ninja turtles is to is a family type of theme like kratos has never been a family type of character he's always been that rated r slice about his head off type of character so when they say god of war type of inspiration for this game i don't know if you can bring a family friendly brand which is the ninja turtles to a a more grounded heartbreaking story like the last ronin obviously it happened in the comics but by by uh at this point everybody should know comic adaptations and gaming adaptations to movies and especially video games don't always work so 
I'm still holding out hope that this is going to be an actual game. But for the most part, I'm not getting my hopes up too much because at the end of the day, this is just a rumor. But I've been seeing it from so many different news outlets. It has to be something uh, like the famous saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know what my social medias. Were you ever a Ninja Turtles fan? And if you were, let me know if this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game comes out, The Last Ronin, will you be checking for it? And will you actually be excited to play this video game? Now, what in the mini clip is going on right now? Because I open up my news apps, of course, you know, I try to keep up with the latest news and I see that Epic has decided to just release all the tools possible to recreate anything on old Fortnite maps and they're calling it Creative 2.0. Now, if you've never played Miniclip, then you've officially made me feel old. But besides that, the Fortnite developer Epic Games, which you should know by at this point, has a lot of money. I mean, they literally have all the iconic characters in their video game at once. I mean, Darth Vader, Spider-Man, Goku, everybody's in the game. This means that, like, at this point, you know what? Was it Jeff Bezos? No. The owner of Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. What he was trying to make with Meta, I believe, as a video game, Fortnite has actually accomplished. Having all these highly acclaimed IPs, of course it was limited edition, so if you didn't buy them when they came out, you can't have them now. But that's why people are selling their accounts. That's a whole nother thing. Simply put, this is the new Meta. Fortnite has allowed creators to use the tools on the game's original maps. And now it's a race to see which creator can find and not even find can create the best game mode possible that all the other creators will gravitate towards. I don't know if any of y'all have ever played mine. Was it Minecraft? No, it's another one. It's not Minecraft. It's the other one. Roblox. I don't know if any of y'all have ever played Roblox, but it's kind of this, a similar pr uh, premise. You go into this hub and then there's other game modes made strictly by the players and maybe one game mode is like tdm right and maybe another game mode made by players like a, a a racing game like a racing simulator it's literally like the gta effect of fortnite creators have the tools to now go into the not coding of the game they can't break the game i mean unless you're on pc then that's a whole nother uh, topic but if you're on console which is like a set specific uh specs you're, you're working with um you can go into the game make your own little game modes out of whatever epic games decides to give you as uh tools and other players can end up using or playing on your little game mode that you create. So you can recreate so many different uh, original forms of content on these old Fortnite maps. And Epic Games even went further saying, quote, we are excited or we are as excited as you to relieve the experiences we shared in the original Fortnite Battle Royale Chapter 1 map. And so we are granting a special and specific exemption I can't read exception to, to allow creators to publish their own remakes of the chapter one maps and only the chapter one maps. So that's that's probably for a reason. And then they went on to say, quote, like maps built using the Battle Royale Island, Starter Island, Islands 
recreating chapter one maps will remain ineligible for monetization, which is a big thing. All terms protecting copyrights and intellectual property will continue to be strictly enforced. Now, I'm glad they put that in there because if there was a way where, obviously, I think you could probably do this. If somebody makes a Discord right now and they make a game mode to where is is only invite is invite only right and then the discord they're like hey is this much to pay to get into this uh game mode i think that's fair game but if somebody was on stream publicly promoting hey pay this much to get into my game mode then it may depending on how big it gets it may get taken down so I'm just giving that little tidbit for the Fortnite creators out there that, that's trying to make, you know, a little, a little fettuccine from their uh, creativity, you know, that I will have, you know, I, I would say I have a little knowledge about with Notorious Mass Effect, you know, I feel like as far as the game modes made in Fortnite, you could really make a living. I mean, literally look at GT, look up GTA RP and the top creators on there and how much they make in revenue. I don't know the last time, and I cover hip-hop, I don't know the last time T Grizzly put out a track. I don't know the last time he put out an album. He he saw the amount he was making from GTA RP, and then he was like, okay, well, I'm done rapping. Like, that was it. It was, hey, in story. I mean, Joe Budden, he made podcasts, and he was like, hey, I'm done rapping. Like, it's certain money that you can make so easily in a creative way it's not easy as far as the the premise but if you're creative enough you can make it happen and monetize off of it to have an easier revenue stream than just trying to make a, a rap about killing somebody over and over you know what i mean so anyways um i say all that to say that this fortnite 2.0 is, is is probably a gift from god for for some of these epic fans out here and I think that they was getting tired of the vanilla format of Fortnite as far as the Battle Royale and just having um, popular crossovers every now and then. This Unreal Editor is a powerful change in, of pace. And the rise of Fortnite needs to be needs to be made into a documentary the rise and the sustainability of Fortnite needs to be made into a documentary because what Epic Games has done with Fortnite I'm not even exaggerating, will never be done again, like ever. Like Fortnite, the way it rose being a free platform, when it first originally came out and was a flop, a lot of people don't know that. Fortnite came out, obviously it wasn't a battle royale mode, but Fortnite came out, it was a flop. It was the, the original format of Fortnite was a flop. Then they came out with their battle royale mode, and then they just went into a massive success to where they had to start hiring more people because you got so many people on the servers, you got to upkeep the server. It's... I feel like the documentary of Fortnite would be so spectacular for gamers to all come together and just watch because I don't know another game where one of the most popular musicians in the world decided to play it with another popular streamer and they combined to play on Fortnite. Like out of all the games, Fortnite was the one to bring out the most popular creators and the most popular fan base to the video game side. I feel like Fortnite, I'm not going to say it's what crossed over gaming, but I think Fortnite is a pivotal tool used to get gaming to be accessible to the masses. Hopefully that makes sense.
So click my link in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole Fortnite 2.0? And will you be taking the time? Because Fortnite is free, by the way. So will you be taking the time out of your day to try to create the next iconic game mode in Fortnite? Now, everybody stop the presses because the GOAT has announced that he's going on tour. Now, I know what you're probably saying. This is old news. We already know that the GOAT's going on tour. And if you're saying that, let me tell you, you are a proud uh, member of the OVO Foundation. Let me just say that. And for anybody who didn't know what I just said was a true statement as far as Drake going on tour, then you got some catching up to do because one of the most prominent artists in the music industry has announced he's going on tour and the prices are egregious. I mean, just straight outlandish, um, blasphemy, astronomically priced, you know, just not really considering the average day hardworking man <laughs> so if you're gonna go to a tour for drake hopefully you have a couple dollars stacked up because drake's not really caring about the pandemic uh affecting your bank account so anyways uh drake's going on tour with none other than um mr uk savage himself and you know they're going to u.s canada uh, i wonder if they're gonna be touring in the uk that's something that i think i'll probably have to ask 21 but um a lot of these different arenas, of course, in Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Vancouver. I mean, the whole list of, of tour dates is very interesting because, you know, I felt like he's going to warm up a little bit. But no, straight out the gate, June 21st, he's coming to Texas from June 21st to June 25th. And if you don't know, that's like he's doing four dates. So 21st, 22nd, uh, 24th and 25th. So he's going to be down there for five days. But he's going to be doing four uh, events. And I think that 23rd day is just to rest in between cities because he's going from Houston to Dallas. But I'm looking at that to be the most lit Drake concert because, you know, every chance that Drake gets, he's rapping about Houston, Dallas, Austin, Texas. Like, I mean, he literally says it in every bar. Like, I think even on the 21 album, he has a lot of references to Texas. Like, I don't know the type of what they call them teens in Canada that, that Drake has in, in Houston or Texas in general. But let me just say that they got to be the cream of the crop because ain't no way that one city, no, one state can have an, can have this man rapping about them so often. Like, no wonder KD went to Texas to play basketball. I mean, imagine being the seven-footer shooting from 30 and you don't even consider Kentucky. Like, the type of... uh. The type of quality that's in Texas really needs to be studied by the by a fine young young uh, gentleman, and um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. So anyways, uh, what else? Miami, of course. Miami is a nice place to go. I mean, that's that doesn't even need to be said. Also going to Chicago, you know, probably has to. At this point, you know, I heard that him and Lil Durk may have a little static, so he may have to look out for that. You know, all I'm gonna say is, uh, technically, his you know, let me not just say that's kind of messy, but let's just say. Let's just say Drake is playing playing a dangerous game. Let's just say that. And so Chicago may be, get a little sticky for him. Uh, Atlanta, I mean, 21 Savage could shut down Atlanta by himself. So I'm not really too concerned about that. Detroit, Boston, that's probably a stretch where he's probably going to cancel a lot for no reason. Uh, uh, Montreal, I don't really know too much. Is that overseas? That's overseas, right? I'm not trying to be ignorant. I think that's overseas. Coming back to New York, I mean, New York is just from July 17th to July 26th. Wow. 
He's going to be in New York for a bunch of dates. He's doing the Barclays three times and Madison Square Garden three times. So he's doing the most amount of shows in New York, which is understandably like understandable because um, if you don't know, I mean, while he's in New York, there's so much he could do as far as interviews, just content creation, just there's a lot of different publication, I don't know, podcasts and just platforms news outlets based in new york so it kind of makes sense in that aspect um i wonder when the playoffs end april may yeah i think it june july i think it'll probably end while he's in maybe miami because i think july is like probably the end of the playoffs but i don't know don't don't quote me on that but so yeah when he's when he's in new york It'll be well past the playoffs, I believe, and he can have all these stadiums to himself. Well, arenas, because that's another thing. Apparently, when uh, Bad Bunny and um, who else, Taylor Swift, when they was touring, I guess baseball season wasn't going on, so stadiums was more available. That's the that's was the word around town right now is uh, for why Drake just didn't do a stadium tour. Because if you don't know. Stadium tour, I mean, has more people than or has more capacity than an arena. I think that goes without saying. Uh, goes without saying. You've seen a football game, you've seen a basketball game, you've seen the nosebleeds for a basketball game, you've seen the nosebleeds for a football game. I mean, you might as well not be there. But anyways, you know, teachers on. So anyways, um, yeah. So he decided to just do a arena tour, which interestingly enough, he's doing a 360 arena tour. So. He's technically taking up both sides of the arena, which brings him in, brings him in uh, even more revenue. If you look it up on Ticketmaster and just go to any of the, the dates, the arenas, uh, uh, no, the, the stage is a 360 stage. So either side of either side you decide to go on, you're still going to be able to see Drake. Like whenever most artists tour arenas, half of it is cut off because the backdrop and everything is to be faced um a certain way so you can see the big monitor that they're pl uh, plastering for the for the audience to see but drake is doing the 360 tour uh 360 stage which is making me think that he's going to have like a 360 screen it kind of like in the nba game how you can see the jumbotron maybe like that and having like um images plastered up through there but i'll be interested to see what he does with it but at the end of the day, it's really a revenue play because with baseball season, it may be harder to get stadiums nowadays because, of course, baseball plays in stadiums and um, arenas at this point would be more accessible because the basketball season well, the NBA season, basketball season in general is about to come to an end. So uh, what else? So, yeah, that's the that's the basis. Cause I know a lot of people was like, why is Drake not doing a stadium tour? Because they see Bad Bunny, they see Taylor Swift, Beyonce doing stadium tours, and they just think it's just the easiest thing in the world. And um, it takes a lot of planning for that ahead of time. So maybe he just ran out of time. But with the 360 stage, I don't think you understand. What, like, you're using the whole arena. So usually you're cutting off a certain portion of the arena. He's using the entire arena because he has the 360 stage. So... I don't think he's losing out that much money because how much can you really enjoy the experience in the nosebleed of a stadium for a singular artist? Like maybe a football game because it's a team game and you can see more people running around. But for one person, like you're literally just going to be watching the screen like people at home. Like I just, I don't understand it. But anyways, um, another thing that got fans <laughs> very upset is that he's going on tour um, and these 
prices are outrageous now granted it is the first time in four years that drake has even went on tour i know this because i went to the last drake tour i think i went to texas to watch him no no no, kansas city to watch him uh perform and man he went crazy like i just wanted to hear back to back that's how petty i was it was back in that uh that day and age when drake was beefing with Mickey mill beefing with joe budden i think the crowd started chanting f joe budden at one point i was like man i forgot that joe budden was really that prominent in hip-hop before he started podcasting so uh <laughs> yeah drake drake really had a lot of beef back then and nowadays it's more even kill so i can i can be i can understand why people are not as acceptable for these high price rate uh high rates for these uh tickets because who's he beefing with i mean was it, if he ignites the kanye beef again maybe but the whole thing that kanye's going through right now i mean he may want to uh he may want to leave drake alone because all i'm gonna say is i'm not trying to get canceled but drake is one of them so i'm and i don't know who them is so don't try to cancel me you know i could be talking about anything but all i'm saying is drake you know he does has his biz have his business in order so if Kanye tries to pop out again, you know, Drake may just drop the bomb and just and just may be like, oh, you you only saying that because I'm a, hey, and then that's the end of Kanye West. So anyway, <laughs> anyways, I don't think he's going to beef with, uh, well, I don't think Kanye is going to beef with him no more. Drake already sent him a diss. I think he said something like, uh, what he said, my ties is why I squashed it or something like that on, on her loss. He, he was throwing a whole lot of shots on her loss, but basically he said, he only squashed it because mob ties or something like that i don't know you have to look it up but basically drake just talked about how i mean even in the picture when uh drake and, and kanye was was taken was forced to take together like beyond the wheel is that, is that how you say it without the wheel i don't know y'all get what i'm saying you know they wasn't able to control that picture not happening like jay prince told them we're gonna take this picture and i'm gonna hold up a gun sign while we take this picture because i'm that dude and i need to let the whole world know that so if you look up drake and kanye west making up picture that's why uh jay prince is sitting there because he's the one who made that happen so there you go um yeah so drake and kanye really not done beefing they just have to for the sake of mob ties and you see I'm not going to speak too much on it, but you see in other situations what happens when you mess around with mod ties, and that's where I'm going to leave it at, you know. Yeah, y'all know what I'm referring to. Anyways, um, what else? So, yeah, 200 I think it's starting at $200 for nosebleeds for uh, Drake tickets, which is insane, honestly. But um, nosebleed tickets, like, I would pay... I would easily play, pay 200 for a ticket, of course. But nosebleeds, like, come on, man. Like, I'm trying to get down to the stage. And they said, like, to even get close, it's like 500 at least. <laughs> so you're going to have to give a whole arm and a leg. You may have to uh, literally sacrifice to to, to get a uh, court side. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, what else? I went to Ticketmaster. I couldn't even get a ticket. They was like, yeah, please uh, queue or sign in to, to be in the line or something like that. I was like, yeah, y'all got it, man. I can't even look up the prices for myself. I got to look at resale market. Like, I'm, hey, let me tell you something. It's kind of like the PS5. If you get a ticket from a, a reseller, yeah, I think if you get a resale ticket, basically, just know you're paying two, two to 10 times the amount that the original price was listed as. And I'm just going to leave it at that, which is why I'm not going to get into it right now, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit. Ticketmaster is uh, being pressed by the government at all places. Yes, yes, TikTok type beat they're being pressed by the government to give over some of its powers because uh some of its power because it's dominant in the um 
in the digital ticketing space. So Ticketmaster is the only place you can get tickets from. And that's a fact. And a lot of these lawyers are coming out and, and are telling them to give up some of some of his power because it's basically a monopoly over this whole ticket situation, digital ticket. And of course, um, they merged with Live Nation and that even added more to the uh, monopoly rollout. I'm not getting too much into it. So that's basically all I'm going to talk about. Let me see. Yeah, so basically, people are saying Ticketmaster Monopoly, which is why when highly acclaimed artists come out on tour, they're buying it themselves and reselling it. And that's the word on the street, allegedly, because I'm not trying to get sued. But there's a reason why government, why the government is pressing Ticketmaster like uh, they're pressing TikTok right now. So, yeah, let me just leave it at that. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole pressing of uh, Ticketmaster and their power over the digital ticketing space? And also, will you be getting tickets or will you be going to one of the dates on Drake's tour? Getting into the overview of the pod, of course, we had to start with, give me one second. We had to start with Tyler, the creator, announcing a deluxe for Call Me If You Get Lost. And I basically said how, you know, at the end of the day, Tyler, the creator needs to be more respected in the hip hop landscape because he is talented enough to leave us and never come back. Kind of like on a childish Gambino type tip. So I feel like Tyler, the creator, should get a lot more or have a lot more credits to his name than he currently does. Then we transition to Takashi 69 getting a valuable lesson from some respectable gentleman. And I think that lesson should hopefully change him for the better. Then we got into TMT, uh, TMNT, the last Ronin game, as it follows, uh, I don't know, as it draw, is drawing heavy inspiration from the God of War as they're trying to make the last Ronin series from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into a video game. All speculation, but that's what we're getting into. Then we got into Fortnite Creative 2.0. Basically, Epic Games came out and was like, hey, you make the game. Kind of on some Mario Maker type beat. And they told all the gamers, hey, put your creativity to the test. Just know we own all the IP. So I think some backdoor deals will be made in Discord for people to be able to join lobbies. But, you know, that's that's not me snitching. That's just me keeping it real. And then we ended with the GOAT, of course, because at the end of the day, can't nobody, I mean nobody, drum up some publicity like the greatest of all time of hip-hop. And that's Drake, a.k.a. the GOAT, going on tour. So that's about it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Notorious Mass Effect podcast. And don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure, make sure to share this podcast and rate this, uh, rate this five stars on whatever platform you are currently listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect. Sorry.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.